Morning, everybody. Hello. Let me first of all thank the worship team, uh, Linda and the team, for making us warm up this morning. Uh, some of us were still sleeping because we didn't know that the time is changing. <laughs> we forgot. Um, we lived in uh, Queensland and uh, I never really understood this thing of pushing the time backwards and forward. And I, I never used to understand when I hear Victoria, New South Wales, and other states uh, one hour ahead or two hours, whatever, and then it goes backwards. And, uh, but now I'm here. <laughs> so we're so grateful. Uh, today actually marks one year from the time we stood here and uh, we... Hands were laid on us to share with us, with you, the word of God. And we are just so grateful for the time moved so fast. In 2017, I think when we came to Kerang, we, we thought we'd just been Kerang for two years. And we go back to Queensland because we always felt Queensland is our home. And uh, we came to Kerang, we said we'll give ourselves two years in Kerang and uh, we go back to Queensland, and it's been five years now from the time we came to Kerang. <laughs> but we've submitted ourselves to the work of God, and we've told God, you know, use us wherever you want to use us. So we are so grateful for the, the opportunity you've given us, myself and my family, to not only from here, from the Christian college, the community, to be able to not only to share the word of God, but even to share coffee, tea, jokes around, and to different things as a community. And I was thinking about this morning, even as I was not, I mean, last week when I was preparing for this day, and one of the things that came to my mind is authentic community. And I can say that we are not yet there, but we are on that journey as Kerang, as a church, as a, as a community, we are heading to an authentic, a place where God is inviting, inviting us to, to be as a community. But I know some of us are still asking, how do we then, how do we build an authentic community? Because maybe, because I don't think everybody's there yet, maybe you feel left out, you feel you're left behind. Because between me and my family, we've, we've, we've received love, we've received the people hugged us, the people embraced, the people welcomed us, and we felt like we're part of Kerang, even though we are told 40 years until we become locals. Hopefully one day we'll make 40 years. <laughs> but we're just, we are so grateful. Um, but if you're asking how, can one build an authentic community? I want to share with you from the scripture my sister Linda has read this morning from the book of Luke, chapter 13, from 10 to 19. I'll not read it again, but I'll just put it on the board here so that you can just have a bit of reflection of what you read about. That on a Sabbath, Jesus is teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been 
crippled by a spirit for 18 years and she was bent over and she could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you're set free from your infirmity. What a statement. What a statement. And sometimes I imagine myself that in my challenges, in the struggles, in the things I've struggled with, and, and Jesus tells me, Fred, you're set free in your challenges. You're set free from paying mortgages. You're set free from having those some, some, some pains I feel sometimes. You're set free from using drugs or using tablets, whatever you're using to keep yourself safe or healthy. You're set free from choosing um, gluten-free stuff because you cannot eat anything. You're set free from using ear aids. You can just listen. You're set free from just walking because you can run. And many of us, we stand and you, you're asking God, when would that happen for myself? That I can wake up and that voice tells me that today you're set free from the challenges. Only you yourself, you know, it's hard. When I, when I worked in Queensland, I worked a bit with the, then it was called spinal injuries. It's, it's now, I think, Spinal Life Australia, I think. We used to have a, a day once in a year where you, you sit in a wheelchair for one day, just a whole day to sit in a wheelchair and feel like somebody who has a spinal injury problem, to how they feel when they sit in that chair, how they feel when they have to go to the toilet, how they feel when they have to, to go and make themselves coffee, how they feel if they have to go shopping. Because I've been to Woolies once in a while and I found people that are in a wheelchair. They're trying to reach out to staff on the higher shelves, but they can't. And someone tells you, you're set free from everything. That now you can reach out. Now you can be able to walk. Now you can do this and this and that. Then he puts his hands on her and immediately... She strengthened up and praised God, indignant because Jesus has had healed on the Sabbath. The synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days and not on the Sabbath. When people are celebrating freedom, when people are celebrating healing, when people are celebrating joy, when people are feeling free, not somebody from outside, a priest from the church is telling people, come on the, the rest of the days, but not on this day to receive your miracle. But I'm here today to tell you that I thank God because the God we serve does not have a day free that he does nothing. A God we serve does not go to bed and sleep that he has people that he needs to look after. A God we serve and a God we worship 
does not rest because everything else can wait. A God we serve does not say, you know what, today is not the day. Today is not your appointed day that you wait until. We serve a God when he says, today is your day, he serves you. We serve a God that he says, today is your time to receive that miracle. Today is your day to receive your freedom. He gives us freedom. And I, look, I looked at this story from this guy. I'm saying that so come and be healed on those days and not on the Sabbath day. And I asked myself, how many of us will listen to the priest or listen to Jesus? And sometimes I feel many times ourselves, we are so crippled in our own traditions. We are so crippled in our own ways of doing things. We are so crippled in the way we think that even when Jesus declares freedom is upon you, your thinking still cripples us, us back into the traditional ways of doing things and, and, and looking and worshiping and, 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 and working with Christ. I want to tell you today, that Christ has declared freedom. He's saying we are free. We are free. Church is only not on Sundays. He's saying church should be on Monday, church should be on Tuesday, church should be on Wednesday, church should be on Thursday. Because for many of us, Sunday is a special day you worship, but the rest of the week is for yourself. I want to challenge us today that church is every day. That freedom is every day. That healing helps, happens in our day. And for us, when we talk about an authentic community, it's not just about the things we do. It's about the person that we love and the person we care for as a church. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, or hypocrites, don't each of you on your Sabbath seat Untie your ox and donkey from the stall and lead out, give it water. For those of us who've lived on a farm, I have and my wife has, you left your cow or your donkey, or whatever, and say, Today is a Sabbath. Today you don't have water. How many of us have walked home and said, Today I'll not eat for two days because today is my Sabbath, that I'm not eating today is my Sabbath? You know, we, we, we form rules that apply for other situations, but when we apply for ourselves, they become a hindrance. They become a roadblock for ourselves. My mom always had animals, and she, she said, I'll have these animals until the day I die. And we try to tell her, mom, you're growing old. Please, you don't have time for animals. You don't have time to feed cows. She said, no, no, these cows, they'll only be left, they leave this home when I die. But I remember growing up as teenagers, Christmas used to be a nightmare because Christmas day when everybody's going out to celebrate, my mother always said, don't forget to feed the animals on a Christmas day. Make sure they have water. And I used to see, God, why can't you just remove these animals away because they become a hindrance? <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that my mother, she cared for her animals. She loved them. And she knew even Christmas Day that even everybody's going out to celebrate, please, 
let the animals feel it's Christmas as well. So Jesus is reminding these guys that the work I'm doing is not just for, because of you. The work I'm doing is because of the love of the people. When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. He grew, it grew and became a tree and the birds perched in it, in its branches. And my question today, as we talk about authentic community, how do we build an authentic community where people don't feel crippled? People don't feel like today shouldn't be the day I should be. A place where people feel that today is a day I need to pray. Today is a day I need to worship God. Today is a day I need to feel that I can do this and this and this. In other words, how do we become a church that is committed to love and care for one another? Not thinking about the barriers, the days, and other things. As I looked at this story, I want to show you three things that can help us to build an authentic community from this story. Because I believe that God has invited each one of us to be part of this community that he has formed, that is creating for his kingdom. The first thing I would like to share with us is we must understand that we all need grace. We all need grace. I can tell you that people The people in our society, the people in our community, the people in the world, it's hard to love them. It's hard to love them. And if you look at Luke chapter 13 at the beginning there, it begins by a sad story. It says that now there are some present, there are some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans who, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their, with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no, because unless you repent, you too will perish. And let me just give you a little background of that story. If you look at the background of this story, in verse 1, Pilate had apparently put to death some Galileans as they were offering worship sacrifices in Jerusalem. The Bible has not given us a reason. And the Jewish theology at that time attributed individual suffering to, to individual sin. So the Jews interpreted the fate of these Galileans as God's punishment for their sin. In other words, there are people in this community that certain people did not want to mix with. 
And now because there was this killing that was happening, they felt that their blood has been mixed with the other blood. As in, these people, we don't love them, we don't appreciate them. These people, they're not supposed to be part of us, but now their blood has been mixed with by, by our blood. What do we do? What do we do? But Jesus is very wise. Jesus is saying repentance is the key for an authentic community. Like I said, we all need grace. We don't have a special community before God and another community that is not special before God. Before God, every community is special. Every, each one of us is special before God. Because God does not look at the race. God does not look at the color. God does not look at where you come from. Whether you come from Africa or you come from the Asia or you come from the West or you come from... God looks at you as an individual. That the grace that each one of us is crying for is more important than anywhere else you're coming in the world. So when Christ is inviting all of us to dependence, he's saying, you know what? The grace that I've offered is not just for a particular community. It's for all of us. Whether you are born in Jerusalem, in the Holy Land, or you are born in South Africa, God is inviting you to a place of repentance, a place where you acknowledge that I'm a sinner to be able to move forward. And I just want to remind us today that it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how many years you spend as a Christian if you've never come to a place of repentance, a place where you acknowledge that it's only by God's grace you're part of that community that's is struggling. The second thing I want to share with us is that we can build an authentic community by caring for one another. And Jesus demonstrated this by reaching out to a woman who was crippled for 18 years. And on Sabbath day, he was teaching. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. It says, verse 11, that a woman was there who had been crippled by the Spirit for 18 years. This is about care for other people. That we can only become an authentic community when we care for other people. When you see people that have challenges, when you see the needs in other people. It's very good because sometimes you feel yourself you need to, to be looked after first. Sometimes I feel maybe I should be the first one to, but Christ is inviting us to think about other people to think about other community. I want to encourage us. Because for some of us, the only day for connection is Sunday. I want to remind us that each day is a connect day. Each day is a connected day. 
And maybe you've never thought of joining a small group. Because I believe if you want to experience love, if you want to experience care, if you want to experience pastoral support, I want to encourage you in a small group. Join a small group. Be part of a fellowship somewhere. Be part of a group that is praying together and sharing together. Because Christ loves all of us. But as individuals, we cannot be Christ to love everybody together. But I believe there's a special group that you can fit in. That you can be able to understand where you are at. That you can confide in them, the challenges. The things that have crippled you, the things that are slowing you down in a small group. We see Jesus reaching out to Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. Some people are not happy. But this is part of what Jesus is encouraging as an authentic community. If we can reach out to people like Zacchaeus and tell them, you know what, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to be part of your fellowship. I want to be part of your group in your house. Paul told, the Roma, Paul told the Romans that be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fire serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I want to encourage us, hospitality is a key for an authentic fellowship. Maybe for some of us, you may not understand because you're not really a crowd people. But I want to tell you, if you want to experience an authentic fellowship, hospitality is big. Take somebody for coffee. <laughs> Invite somebody for tea at your place to experience an authentic community at your place. Share with somebody the word of God. Visit somebody. The last thing I would like to share with us, we can build an authentic community when we understand that the glory belongs to God. And Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a mustard seed. Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? He says, it's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. But I like how Matthew actually puts it here. Matthew emphasized on this verse better. He says, he told them another parable, that the kingdom of heaven is a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. 
What am I saying today? That what the authentic community is God's work that is growing in you and I slowly as you nurture this tree. You know, for some of us, you're looking out there for this authentic community. But Christ has put in you this ministry. Christ has put in you this tiny seed that no one can see. And I'm glad for those of us already doing something for this community of God. Because the tiny things you're doing, the tiny things you're doing, one day they grow into a big tree. They're growing slowly. People may not see, people may not understand. People may not even appreciate the things that you're doing, those small things. The prayers you're making. The giving you're doing, tiny, people may not understand. The sharing, the love you're offering to that person who needs that love, people may not see. Nobody even may have not appreciate you. People may not even acknowledge those things you're doing. Like the verse said, this tree, how many of us have mustard seed in their garden? It's those plants that you don't even care about. Nobody cares about a mustard seed. People don't even plant them much, much more nowadays. We don't plant them much. I don't see them in the supermarket like the way they used to before. Because it's not important. But what I'm saying is this, this seed is in us like a seed that is growing from Christ. That where people don't appreciate, people don't see this seed. But it's growing slowly with time. It will become a place where nests from birds and other flying stuff will be able to rest on it. I pray that KBC community will be a place where bears can build their nests, that people that are hurting will find healing. People that are broken will find love. And we pray that may your home as a Christian, may your home as a believer be a place where people can find peace as Christians. I pray that may your place as a home be a place where people can come and find fellowship. May your home be a place where people can come and actually feel Christ in that particular home. Because God has invited the home, God has invited your heart to be an authentic community, to be a place where people can feel, people can heal, people can understand the love of Christ in our hearts. The community Jesus was addressing, they've understood that love. They were filled with pride. They were scared because the blood of other people that were not meant to be Christians was to mix with their own blood. And they were asking Jesus to perform a special ritual for them to receive the healing. And Jesus said, I don't need to do a ritual for you guys. Mine is to declare freedom for everybody, not rituals for you. And to challenge us Christians that if you are praying and asking God for an authentic community, Jesus reminded the disciples that the kingdom of God has come. 
And he told them to repent because the kingdom is me, Christ. He said, he told them that I, Christ, I'm the king of that kingdom. That if you're waiting for another kingdom, it will not be there if my kingdom that I'm offering you does not make sense to you. And Christ is extending the same kingdom for each one of us today. He's saying that my kingdom is an authentic kingdom. My kingdom is a kingdom that cannot be compared to any other kingdom. I want to encourage you that you're not waiting to die to go to heaven to experience the authentic community. God is telling us to, God is inviting us to be part of the community already. God is saying we need to experience the community that is given us. We need to start to experience the love that is offering now. I will conclude that the Apostle Paul's words to the Romans. Paul reminded the Romans that do not repay any evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written... It is mine to avenge, I will repay, said the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. For me, this is authentic community. A place where forgiveness is take the first stage. Because as a church, for us to experience the healing and the love, forgiveness should be up there as a church. I know for some of us, things have happened in the past. Things that have crippled your heart for years. But today I want to share with you, to experience this community you need to let it go. Talk to somebody to help you to let go, to release those things that have been crippling, that have been pulling you back from being part of this community. God is inviting you to receive the freedom and start to get the healing that he's offering today. My friend John Maxwell said that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. In our community, as a church, we speak the word of Christ. We speak the words of victory. We speak the words of hope. We speak the words of healing. But people can tell your attitude. People can feel your attitude. When you go home, your neighbor can feel your attitude. As parents, our children feel our attitudes. We can speak what the word we want them to hear. We can tell the community what we want the community to hear. We can tell the government what we want them to hear. But they can feel our attitudes. I want to challenge all of us today 
that for us to be part of this authentic community, we need to listen to this story of Jesus. Maybe in your heart you've never seen yourself as a, a mustard seed. To don't remind you, in the eyes of many people, you're a mustard seed. Christ himself is a mustard seed. And he's saying you can be a mustard seed yourself. That when nobody's appreciating who you are, you can be a mustard seed. You can start slowly, but you can grow into this community that I want you to be. And today I want to encourage you that nobody may not even mention you. Even the biggest supermarkets may not have that seed. But the eyes of God, that seed is so special. I want to invite the worship team to come. Linda and your team come. I want us to stand up today. I want you to stand up because I know that some of us are telling God there have been challenges. For some of us, anger has crippled you. For some of us, there are things that have crippled you that are pulling you back. Let's stand on our feet as we finish. Because I want us to pray today. I want us to pray that God will help us to let go. To receive this freedom. And he's saying, don't wait for the Sabbath day. Him, he doesn't wait for the Sabbath day. He's saying today is a day that he's inviting you to let go. Don't say it's tomorrow. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, because you care for us. You've called us, oh God. And Lord, you've called us to think and to be like a mustard seed in our journey. That a seed nobody wants to have to see. A seed that people don't even care about. But to you it matters. A seed that people don't even see. But you can see that seed today. And today I want to thank you, God. Because you care for each one of us today. You love us, God. And you want us to be part of that community that you're forming. And today as we leave this place, I want to pray that God, may you help us to see and understand that love for us, oh God. There are some of us here today that are feeling hopeless. There are some of us here that are feeling that they're so far away from you, God. There are some that are feeling that have been crippled in many ways. Into the today, today things they do. But I want to pray that God may you declare that freedom for them this day. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite Linda to lead us, but as Linda does, I'm going to stand here. But if you need prayer, just feel free to come forward and uh, I'll get some of the leaders here to pray with you today and myself. Feel free to come forward and just tell God, let it go. It could be unforgiveness, let it go. So that the healing can start. I'll be here as Linda, Linda leads us.